Last week we started with the story of the woman at the well in John's Gospel and basically a quick synopsis of that is Jesus and his disciples were on their way through Samaria and disciples went off to the grocery store and Jesus stayed at the well out just outside of town and a woman came and he asked her for a drink and they got into this conversation about water. And she, of course, is talking about the water in the well and he is talking about a water that he calls the living water that he is offering her. And that piece of it ends with this line. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And this is the rest of the story. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. To that the woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. She is getting at the difference of opinion between the Samaritans and the Jews and why they do not speak to each other. Jesus goes on to say to her, Woman, believe me, when the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship Him, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When He comes, He will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am He the one who is speaking to you. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Dear Lord, we ask that you bless us in these moments together. Bless us with yourself, your presence, your Holy Spirit that not only lifts us from the places from which we've come, but speaks to us that we might hear. That is our prayer. That that may in fact happen in these moments together. As we gather around your table, as we hear your word proclaimed, as we pray, as we give thanks for all those who've gone before us, may you abide with us through it and in the lives we live out into the world. Speak to us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. So we're in our second week of the stewardship campaign for next year, and the theme for the campaign is the new mission statement, or the tagline for the new mission statement of the church, building relationships wherever we go. You can find the full mission statement on the church website in the about section, 
And we're walking through that these few weeks, our, our mission statement, alongside the scripture readings for that morning. What I can say to you is that the statement itself comes, it began, it's the result of a conversation that began two years ago on the session, the leaders of the church, where we started asking ourselves, what is it that makes Canyon Creek Church unique? Just what is it? And in the midst of that conversation together, two biblical stories rose to the top fairly quickly. The story of the woman at the well and the Good Samaritan. We're going to talk about the Good Samaritan next week. These two stories. And so I want to use, last week we started off with the first three lines of the mission statement alongside the first part of the woman at the well story. And today I want to move to the next two. And they're going to go up on the screen. And it's going to stay up there. These are the next two lines in our mission statement. And I want to talk about them in light of what we just read a moment ago. Let's start with the first one. Grow in our understanding of who God is in Jesus Christ. Now I read that line alongside what we just read in the fuller story of the woman at the well and I have to admit I see it everywhere in this story. To me this story is all about growth. It starts out with the woman coming to the well. She has no clue as to who Jesus is. Never heard his name, not heard any of the talk about him. After all, she lives in Samaria, and they're cut off from any conversation that the Jews have. Jews go around Samaria, but the disciples and Jesus, of course, went through Samaria as part of the beauty of this story. She had no clue who he is, and she walks up, just some dude standing there getting a drink like she was. And yet, by the end of it, by the end of it, well, let me, let me read you the last couple of lines. After they'd spoken, the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people there, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He can't be the Messiah. Can he? without even realizing it, in a way that kind of spiritually snuck up on her, she found herself growing in her understanding of who God is in Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't take a brain trust to figure out that at least when you look at the story from that angle, we are the woman at the well. And we are now gathered around the well. If you think of this sanctuary as the well we gather around, we come here to gather at the well. Every week, every other week, however often you come, and we come like her from all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of experiences, all different kinds of opinions. We come here just the same. We are the woman coming to the well. And when we come to this well, what do we find? None other than Christ Himself waiting for us here. Jesus waits for us at the well. And when we come, like her, the woman in the story, we come thirsty. We're thirsty for all kinds of things simpler life, less responsibility maybe, thirsty for less worry, less 
burden in our own lives, less busyness, maybe hope for a different kind of world, but we come thirsty. And every single time we come, we grow. Oh, we may not realize it right away, or we may not feel like it's even happened. It sometimes happens in, in micro-sized experiences that we don't even feel. And sometimes it happens in a way that is overwhelming to us, but every single time it happens, don't you forget that part. Every single time, every single time you come with all these people here together at the well, we grow in our understanding of who God is in Jesus Christ. So keep coming. No matter how thirsty you find yourself, keep coming. Because this is a well that doesn't run dry. It's part of the story. It's part of the mission of this church. That next line, walk side by side rather than go head to head, pushing beyond the boundaries that divide. It's a long one, but it's a good one. And in order to talk about that in light of the reading just a minute ago, I need to bring up a commentary by Professor Anna Carter Florence at Columbia Seminary in Georgia. She, she talks about this story this way. She says, in the Gospels, there always seems to be a reason that Jesus can't talk to someone a barrier, a rule, some reason that Jesus can't talk to someone. In this story in particular, the reason is that the person at the well is a woman and a Samaritan, a double whammy. The woman herself mentions it. She says, in the beginning of the story, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you talking to me? That was, that's a no-no. Don't talk to women in public at the time. Don't talk to Samaritans because you're a Jew. Why are you talking to me? And then later on, in the moment we just read, she mentions the theological differences of the two groups and basically saying, why are you talking to me? We don't talk to each other. There's always these rules that Jesus can't talk to someone. Florence goes on to say that the beauty of what Jesus does is he always seems to, to find a way to break the rule in order to walk side by side with someone else. And that's the deal, isn't it? Isn't that the thing? If you're going to walk alongside someone else, sometimes it means you'll have to break a rule. And the whole thing about that is that the rule you often have to break is, guess what? A rule that you have created for yourself. We're really good at that, creating rules for why we can't speak to someone else. We come up with all kinds of rules, all kinds of reasons. They really don't want me to talk to them. I just know it, so I'm not even going to try. I know what that person's going to say. I can tell. They're just not even going to listen to me. I don't even think it's worth the effort. Or that argument we had is so long ago now, I just don't even want to deal with it. And they don't, they don't either. Let's just, I'm not even going to put any. We come up with all kinds of reasons to stay away from the very people that might just need someone the most. Part of the beauty of this story is that Jesus breaks rules in order to talk to someone else. Florence then turns the spotlight onto us and asks, what rule do you think Jesus has broken to talk to you and me? 
What rule, what reason have you come up with to not talk to someone else? I think it's probably time that you figure that out. Because let me tell you, and this I know, there's not a person in existence that does not need someone to walk by their side. There is no one like that. Everyone needs that. Everyone. There are no exceptions. It's part of our part of this story. It's also part of the mission of this church. Before my family and I moved back to Texas to be with you crazy folks, we, I got the chance to attend a closing ceremony for a Kairos weekend. Now, you may not have heard of Kairos, but you may have heard of things like Presbyterian pilgrimage. We've, we are part of that as a church. We just put one on a couple of weeks ago. I was part of that. Curcio, Walk to Emmaus, Great Banquet, Trace Diaz, there's a whole number of them, and they're all for different denominations, different groups, and Kairos is the same thing. It's a spiritual renewal weekend, but it's done solely in prisons. It's for prisoners, for inmates. And the people who staff it agreed to spend basically 72 hours in the prison with the inmates who've been cleared and have agreed to be part of the weekend. And I got a chance to be part of the closing because I've, had, I've done some prison work in, in my history and I've also been part of that weekend before. And so I got to go. I was invited to go. And as this closing, the people who went through the weekend together are there and they get, they always, in, at Kairos at least, they get an inmate who's been through the weekend before to come and speak to the newbie group, right? And so Charlie was the person that came and talked that day. This is what Charlie had to say. He stood up before him and he said, I'm supposed to talk to you about how this weekend has changed my life and how I try now to love people in a way that I never was able to before. And that one line, there's a key to that. If you have spent any time with prisoners who've been a long time in prison, you'll notice that many of them, many of them have never been loved. Never been loved. Not like we know how that can happen. Not their families, not their... Never been loved. Now think about that. So Charlie goes on and he says, in order to talk about how my life's been changed, I need to tell you a story. And to start that off, I have to tell you that I had this rule. I used to have this rule. And my rule was that I would not speak to any other inmate in the yard that I felt like was able to mop the floor with me. And all the prisoners laughed because they were like, that's a good rule to have in a prison. Don't talk to anybody you think you can't handle. (laughs) It's key. And he says he was in the gym, I was in the gym, and this new inmate walked in, and let me tell you, he was big. This guy was big. And so immediately I said, well, check that dude off the list. I'm not going to bring up a conversation with him. And yet I'd been to this weekend And this voice inside me just started nagging me and it said to me, go talk to that guy. And I literally looked up and I said, 
as if God and I are having this direct conversation. I said, Lord, I'm not talking to him. How about this guy over here? He's pretty scrawny. That's him. I'll go talk to that guy. No. Him. You go talk to him. And so I built up all the courage I could find, Charlie said, and he went over. Said I went over he, he said, I went over and I looked up at this monster of a guy. And I said to him, I said, my name's Charlie. I know you're new. But I want you to know something, and I feel like I need to tell you this. God loves you, and I love you. And if you need anything, anything at all, even if it's just to talk, I'd be happy to be that person. Well, he said the guy looked at me like I'd just fallen off the moon, and, and he walked away. And I went, oh my gosh, I've just ruined my entire prison life. I'm going to have to watch myself everywhere I go. I'm in trouble. I went and sat down over at the edge of the thing. I laid, sat down and what could I have said different? What could I have done differently? How could I have just, why did I do that? And I looked up and there he was standing right in front of me. And he had this curious look on his face. And he looked at me and he said, are you serious? About What? You just told me you love me. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm in every word. And the look on his face changed and I could tell that he realized that I actually meant it because I did. And that's when Charlie looked out in the crowd and he said, Johnny, I want you to stand up. And when all the inmates of the weekend knew that I didn't know was that Johnny was the guy and he'd gone through that weekend because of their conversation, they'd been side by side from the beginning of that time they first met. Changed his life. Now here's what I want you to think about. If that can happen with hardened criminals in one of the more inhospitable places on the planet, then surely, surely, we can do something similar in the way that we treat others. Surely, we can take a risk and drop a rule every now and then. Walk side by side with someone else. It's part of this story we read. It's part of the mission of this church. And you all need to get behind it with everything you've got. Grow and walk, walk and grow. Two words that I hope fall into your heart today and become part of your life as we build relationships everywhere we go. Amen.